Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Otter Fishing with me, Trevor Topfer. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us again on Otter Fishing, the podcast that's brought to you by Otterfish, which is a great tool for people who run Facebook ads for their business. So if you do social advertising and you want to test to learn more about which ads resonate best, which audiences resonate best, which combinations you should be using to get the best bang for your buck, check out otterfish.com and give their software a free trial. Uh, today on the show, I have one of my uh, good old friends. We haven't caught up for a while, so this may turn into just a bit of a general old catch up. But uh, somebody who need, needs very little introduction, especially if you live in New Zealand, uh, he is a TV personality and has hosted shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Uh, he's very prominent on the screens, whether they be in your pocket or on your uh, living room wall, as a social influencer and general all-round awesome legend, Mr. Art Green. Welcome to the show, buddy. Is that big enough? Did, didn't have any fireworks or anything, but that was about as big as I could do it. Mate, that was great. I feel, um, yeah, wow, you really put my head. I'm surprised that my head even fits in the screen after that introduction. Thank Actually, you. I think Joellen just zoomed out a little bit, so I can <laughs> get it back into into line. How are yeah. you, mate? It's good to see I'm you. I'm great. Yeah, no, I'm good, man. Good to see you too. Just, uh, you know, um, had, a, had a full-on morning of looking after the kids and now, um, yeah, just settling in, talking to you. And, yeah, life's good. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. It's a bit of a rainy day. How is it up? up you're up north a little bit now. You moved out of Auckland a, a while back, right? Yeah, about three years ago, we moved out of the city and uh, moved up to Walkworth, about 45 minutes north of Auckland. And yeah, just for a bit of a change of pace. Um, felt like a good place to raise a family. So that's where we are. And, and yes, it is It is a rainy day today. Yeah, mm. yeah. Those are nice just to plot around and get stuff done. Unless you, uh, like me, have way too much on your workload and you're just busy juggling about 15 different things at once and trying to stay focused on any one thing at any yeah. time. Yeah, I'd say that's a bit of me. I sort of do juggle a lot of different things and wear a few different hats. And I also, yeah, I struggle with the rain because, you know, when I'm looking after the kids, I just love to get outside and do stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when it's raining, I'm just like, I mean, I don't know what to do. You know? I'm sort yeah. of... <laughs> do you have your go-to list of like wet weather places? Like I've got, I've got a few like playgrounds that are undercover and yeah, you know, climbing gym and those sorts of things. That, you know, trampoline parks or, you know, indoor trampoline parks are a good one. Yeah, I mean, even Mitre 10 is uh, is the favorite at the moment because <laughs> wow, you can, awesome. my little boy, he's two and a half, he loves machines and things. So we'll just go there and we'll go look at the forklifts and we'll go right on the right on lawnmowers. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's entertainment for a couple of hours. Nice. I have to keep that in mind. I wonder if Skylar would be at all interested in uh, Give it a go. Mitre 10. You never know. Yeah. They, you know they go everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're uh, very much a full-time dad and following your content, I noticed that there's a lot of, cooking related stuff which is right in your lane right you've always been in and around food and, and and you're very very passionate ambassador for healthy eating and healthy living are you going to launch a cooking show art is that is that what this is all leading up to oh do you think i should <laughs> uh you know i had i haven't thought about it um until right now now i'm thinking <laughs> i do like cooking you do like cooking. Um, you post a lot of cooking content, bro. Yeah. I know. Well, it's just, it's easy, natural content because I'm always cooking and I enjoy yeah. cooking. So I'm like, yeah. why not just bring people along for the ride? Sure. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess. You I, heard I, it I, here, I, folks. You heard it here. You know, this is the moment. 
Yeah, well, why not? And what I mean, what would we call it? The art of cooking, or oh, you've you got know, so many puns um, related to your name. Look how fast you can fire them off. Saucy creations, or you know, something something sensual might be interesting. You know, <laughs> yeah, getting up close and personal with your meat and three potatoes. Is, is that yeah. is that going too far? Oh wow, <laughs> that might be too far. I think that would turn a lot of people off. <laughs> they might come looking for different content, mate, and be sadly disappointed. <laughs> they would. They absolutely uh, would. No, I think it's. I think it's a good move for you, man. Like you know, you, it's it's in your lane. You've got, um, you know, you've got a lot of. You grow a lot of your own food. I've seen your uh, your gardens taken on. What is it in its third um, generation now? It is. Thank you for noticing. I really appreciate that because I did. I work hard on my garden, and. Uh, it's something that I'm new to. I'm new to gardening and it was something that I have wanted to do for ages, grow as much of my own food as I can. And uh, I, I love it. I really enjoy it. I love getting out in the garden and I love the satisfaction of growing your own food. And mm -hmm. it's just really cool. And I mean, I still don't really know what I'm doing, but that's the beauty of gardening. And that's something that I learned is that you don't need to know what you're doing. You just give it a go. Yeah. And then like, you know, maybe a quarter of your plants won't grow that well. You just rip them out and start again. It's, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And there's something immensely satisfying about having grown the food that you then prepare and eat, right? Rather than just absolutely and pack and save and, and, and filling a shopping oh, cart. But totally. I mean, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's far healthier for you. It tastes better. Um, it tastes better. And uh, the only thing is that, I mean, it's, I mean, it's lovely, like it's really nice doing it, but at the same time, like say, you know, I've got like a two meter sort of planter box, right? And I might be able to plant six, eight broccoli plants in there, max, mm -hmm. say in this, you know, it's quite a large planter box, so two meters. And, um, you know, they'll grow for like three months, and then I'll eat them all in one week. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's great, but yeah. it's not like, I wouldn't what say. What are we having for dinner, Dad? It's Broccoli not again. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you need quite a big. Um, that could be the name uh, of the show. 101 ways to prepare broccoli. You know? Hey, I do love broccoli. Broccoli rice is one of my faves. Right. Oh, um, I remember, uh, you know, I used to live in a flat and it was in this sort of, like a it was almost like a commune right like it was in a suburb in brisbane called west end and there was like a group of houses that weren't separated by any fences or anything and so all the people that kind of lived in the group of houses of which i was one kind of had this very much a communal kind of or commune sort of vibe and we had a central kind of garden where we we tried to do what you're doing as well tried to grow all our own food you know this this, this commune ideal of living off the land and everything and uh, it's it's much more work than you think it's going to be and you know to do it well you've, you've really got to put the work in i found and yeah uh, for yeah. sure and then you've got to work out your network right so how to preserve stuff like grow stuff that you can preserve so it lasts all year and then you network about who do i trade these broccoli i've got 10 broccoli or 20 broccoli what can i trade them for i only need four or five who else is out there that i can swap some broccoli some eggs or whatever it looks like yeah that's i mean that's a great way to do it is actually bartering with your neighbors who, who have stuff that you can you can trade we do have people that have got chickens down the road so i i have traded some um traded with them for some eggs but you know i actually traded snails with them so um because my son loves to collect snails we go out in the garden he's always hunting for snails so we got a big container of snails 
and then took them down there um, for the chickens to eat. And it was a massacre. Um, the chickens just went crazy, destroying these snails. It was pretty like, it was brutal. I uh, don't think my son quite understood what was going on. Um, was but he horrified? Was, was he traumatic eggs. for the little nah, man? He was, he was into it. He was like, I don't think he realized what was going on. So he was just like, oh, this is interesting. And then we got some eggs and came home and made an omelet. And there you go. <laughs> it wasn't a snail omelet, was it? <laughs> oh, no. Although I am, I'm keen to try. Uh, I have tried escargot, but I'd like to try maybe. I don't know if you could do it with just regular garden snails. Be worth looking into. Yeah, why not? Mm. I mean, in particularly this time of year, there's, there's a plentiful supply around our neck of the woods, right? There's no shortage of uh, yeah, slimy. Yeah, for sure. And that's also part of the gardening uh, process is pest management, you know? Yeah. And so I've got my uh, my beer slug and snail traps, which are just little containers filled with beer. And then the slugs and snails go into them at nighttime and have a have a drink of the beer. And it's, a, a you know, it's a, a, a bit of a drunken death for them. They... They drown in the beer. That'd be a great um, way to go. That's know, a great way to many, go. Many, many people that are trying that. They're actively. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's very common these days. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's my go-to way of killing the slugs and snails. Although sometimes I even just go out um, at nighttime, just when it gets dark with a head torch on, and I call it the rampage. And I just go out there with uh, usually a, just a little, um, when I saw garden shovels, and I just, I just smash these snails. And um, it's really satisfying, especially if you've had a bit of a stressful day. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Nothing that's like a good a bit way to of, do it. Uh, snail, snail slaughter for the uh, rampage. For the health. Yeah, rampage. Absolutely. It's a great video game. It yeah. would be. It would be a great video game. Rampage, the battle against the the, the, the apocalypse, the, the snail apocalypse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I dig it. Uh, yeah, you know, so cooking a lot of food, making a bit of thing, yeah, potentially launching a cooking show. Talk to me a little bit about what's going on in your uh, your. I'm gonna I'm gonna drive this because you know, at launches I'll be able to say yeah I was there yeah. I was in the fucking room, bro. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what's going on in your social uh, social influencer space. I mean the topic of this uh, podcast was set up to talk a little bit about influencer marketing, and I think we should now that we're ten minutes in should probably start talking a little bit about that. Um, so tell me a little bit about what's going on in your world right now uh, in that space. So in that space. Um... Yeah, so I guess background, my wife and I were on, so we were on The Bachelor six years ago, six or seven years ago, and then we, uh, you know, following on from that, we had a steep increase in our followers on Instagram, um, and I think we were just very lucky with the, the timing of coming mm -hmm. off that show and the rise of social media um, and that sort of influencer landscape at that time, um, and so we've, could, we've built you know, sizable followings on, on social media. And then off that, we, we like, yeah, um, align with certain products and brands and companies that uh, fit with our values and yeah, I guess help to promote them. So for us um, over the, the six or seven years that we've kind of been in this um, environment, we've, we've learned to not just post about anything willy nilly and, and, um, and, you know, like just, just basically just not just do stuff for money. Like mm -hmm. we've realized that it's quite soulless and it's um, very unfulfilling. And for us, um, it's far more uh, meaningful to, to align with companies that actually are doing good things or they're, yeah, they align with our values. So, mm -hmm. so now we, we don't, we work with like not that, not that many 
brands and businesses and companies, but the ones we do work with, we um, we choose wisely and and we find that we're just a bit more like into working with them and promoting their products because it's usually products that we would use even if we weren't getting paid to mm-hmm. and um, or it's things that we want to promote because we see the good that they're bringing to the world so we'd want to you know, kind of help help them do that you know so what does that mean it means that for me i'm kind of working with like health food brands and, and health food companies because i'm very um, passionate about health um and yeah things that just naturally fit in with my lifestyle i'm, I'm also very into fitness so lots of different foot fitness um brands and, and products and things end up um i end up you know using and then uh, potentially promoting here and there and yeah that's nice. kind of that's kind of me i guess yeah. so you talked a little bit there about how when you were sort of a you kind of got thrusted into this a little bit right i mean when you put your hand up to go on a reality tv show you kind of know you're going to be drawing attention to yourself a bit that comes with the territory i would imagine that I've ever been on a reality TV show. This we can sort that out, mate. We can get you on one. Cameras, you know. I don't know you can be on my cooking show. I'll be on the cooking show. Yeah, yeah. you can. <laughs> I can boil an egg. I can set a timer. You know. No, I'm not too bad, actually. I'm not too bad. But um, <clears throat> I, I would imagine the temptation, like if I was setting out on a journey to build a big following and decided that, hey, I'm going to give this influencer thing, or that this is for a lot of young people that I see coming up it's now a viable job option right like you know and you guys were very much at the at the early stages of this as you as you said if you hadn't had that kind of kickstart from the reality tv show and you were setting out to try and build your audience do you think what you know like what are the key things it sounds like just doing things for money is probably not a good move you know what are the, some of the other things you've learned that you might that might be useful for people who are looking to try and build uh yeah so someone who so someone who wants to build a social following yeah like if if yeah. i was if i was trying to figure out how how to do this and approach it as a business right i want to start you know i've got a couple of thousand people that are following me i quite enjoy it i love yeah. making content this is what i want to do yeah. uh you know what are some of the things i could learn from somebody like you who's been in the business for nearly a decade and has a pretty substantial following yeah i mean for starters i think like i don't i'm i'm not definitely not one of the best at this. And, and it's, um, I think probably because I haven't purposely gone out and tried to gain a following. We just, like I said, we got lucky um, with the timing. Um, and that's certainly something that doesn't happen anymore. You know, people go on TV shows and, and they come off and they don't have a big following. And it's, uh, I think we just got lucky. A few different things all kind of yeah, came together. Yeah. And um, and because, you know, when we went on, when we went on The Bachelor, we didn't even, uh, I had Instagram, but I didn't really didn't use it much, and um, influencers weren't really a thing. So, mm-hmm. coming off that show, someone said to me, "I think I I think overnight I got like thirty thousand followers or something." Wow! And someone's like, "Oh, mate, you can be an influencer." And I was like, well, "What the fuck's an influencer? That sounds yeah. a bit lame." Um. Uh. So, now that I see how influencers sort of operate and ones that gain a lot of popularity. They seem to be people that are following their passion, generally creating, generally some sort of creative something um, that that they love doing. And it's it's quite niche you know, like it's, I think it, it used to be like people could um, just look pretty and post bikini photos or photos with their tops off and have like really nice filters with these blue water backgrounds and you know mm-hmm. looking all tanned and stuff and and people would follow people like that just because they're beautiful easy to look at 
but now it's like um yeah now it's a lot harder to gain followers and and i think people really want either like information or they want um they want take yeah they want to follow people that uh they're getting value from if that makes sense and i think and i think it's either you know you you're offering someone a really like a laugh you're offering someone information yeah or i guess you have you have like an interesting lifestyle that people are involved with um but again it, it really depends on what you as say this person who wants to gain a following like what you want to do and what you want to get out of it and like do you want to be posting every day multiple times a day promoting your lifestyle or do you want to be um promoting some health uh way of living that you that you love and that you live or an interest yeah or a passion or something and then and then maybe you know you could be a bit bit more structured about that and offer offer some stuff whether it's usually information i think is is really good and and things that are going to help people with like tangible takeaway actionable things potentially yeah it it must be a very very um challenging game to be in and changing a lot right as the as the tastes of what's kind of current and happening right now change and evolve and then you've got different platforms that come along and disrupt and suddenly your uh i would imagine the engagement you're getting on one channel suddenly wanes because a lot of your audience has moved to another channel and then you've got to find yourself learning and adapting your kind of style and finding your rhythm on that other channel um is is this is it like more work now than it ever was or you are sort of stepping back and going look i've already built kind of my ecosystem and i've got my 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 roots down i know what i'm doing with this stuff and i'm just going to keep boxing on because what i'm doing is working um to be honest, I haven't really thought too much about it. Um, I'm just kind of riding this wave. I feel like I'm just making hay while the sun shines and not really thinking about it too much. Um, not really p- putting too much planning into it. I feel like, you know, I think at the end of the day, I, I don't, I think I have, I have other passions and, and things that are outside of social media. So for me, I'm kind of trying to spend as much of my time off my phone and, and not thinking about that sort of stuff. So it's like, I, I actually find myself kind of torn, you know, like I'm, uh, I, I enjoy, I enjoy being on social media. Um, but I also know that it can be very, uh, it goes against the lifestyle that I want to live in terms of being very present with my family. So, so like, you know, I put restrictions in place for myself and, you know, I don't, I, I don't really scroll on Instagram anymore. I just, I, I usually just will post something and then hop off. Post and ghost. Um, post and ghost. I mean, it's, it's serving me well. I've turned off all my notifications, which was a, a simple thing that I didn't think would make much difference, but turning off Instagram no- notifications. Is Dude, I could only imagine what your Instagram notifications must be like. Your phone must just be like this permanent little alarm clock going off in the corner. Yeah. It can be at times. Yeah. And, um, yeah and then just like no phones in the bedroom and stuff like that which is which is pretty useful but um yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know i'm not sure, i'm really not sure where it's going to go and it just uh, it, you're right it keeps evolving different platforms k- keep popping up i mean tiktok i still don't really understand well yeah i don't i understand tiktok but i haven't got tiktok and i haven't been on tiktok and i um i'm sure i would i'm sure i would enjoy tiktok because i do like doing little singing lip synky kind of things here cooking and there show, but cooking life. show there you go but um, with art in 15 seconds yeah um, I, I think tiktok's a weird one man like i get this 
I really feel like some of the older platforms, and we do that with anyone who's listening, you can't see me doing the inverted commas thing like a true douchebag, but the, you know, the traditional kind of social media platforms, I think were more about having a theme and a niche and building a following and building your audience bit by bit by bit and, uh, and, 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 you know, managing that process and, and doing it slowly over time. TikTok to me feels like a, like, Russian roulette, like you, you throw a bit of content up. You could throw the same piece of content up every day for a week, and it'll get won't get anywhere. Every single one will get massively different in terms of engagement and stuff. And one of them could go viral and get fifty million views. And that really? same piece of it just seems so random to me. You know, like there is a little bit of, of course, someone does something cool or funny and it goes viral, um, which would happen on arguably any platform. But the people that are and the content that are feels much more random to me on TikTok. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it quite possibly could be. I yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard to keep up. I feel like there are there are too many forms of social media. <laughs> it's too long. <laughs> it's gone crazy, eh? Yeah. Uh, now, as we move into the metaverse, and my my uh, kind of attention and focus now is is very squarely on that space. Uh, now I'm learning twitter because twitter is kind of the home of the metaverse and it seems to be building and taking shape and evolving on that platform specifically like yep there's bits and pieces on it on other platforms but twitter seems to me to be very very much the center of all of that you know and we don't twitter in new zealand we just no we don't tweet no no well some people do some people some people do certain types of industries and and things um with the as a as a as a you know a real novice on this. Could you just like briefly explain what the metaverse is? Yeah, I can try um, <laughs> because it's like explaining what a house is while you're sort of building the, you know, you're laying concrete and trying to explain what a house is going to look like. But um, <clears throat> I mean, the metaverse is a, is a new way of communicating in the same way that we went kind of from just email and telephone calls into what we call web two, which is the social media thing where I can build a network of people around me and I can kind of share and and then discover new content. Well, Web3 is just a, 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 or the metaverse is a new way of doing that. And it'll be far more immersive, more like a living video game. So uh, one of the projects in our ecosystem that's that's probably ahead in, in terms of this is a project called Fluff World. And they're very much like a, a film or gaming company in this new space. So you buy your NFT character in their particular environment, which is called a Fluff. And that's a 3D avatar of a rabbit. And then you can also buy land and assets and things already in that environment. And you can run around in using your phone in a sort of virtual reality kind of sense or almost like a video game. You can start to play with your own assets in your own space and you can start to build it how you would want it. So it's sort of this new way in which we will, you know, we will hang out in, in, in the not too distant future. This type of content will be in some kind of virtual room we'll either come as ourselves or a virtual representation of ourselves or as an avatar, uh, which is kind of what's driving the industry at the moment is this uh, concept of flex, I think, where, you know, it's not too different from the, from the real world where people are buying certain avatars and certain NFTs that give them credibility and status, you know, like a bored ape. If you see somebody rocking a bored ape as their Twitter PFP, you know, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of art right there, you know. So those guys are flexing and going, check me out. I've got a, uh, you know, a board ape. And, and, and then as these communities that are building the metaverse sort of grow and spread out and gaining popularity, different ones seem to be 
getting better uh, traction and things. You know what I mean? So certain projects have got more credibility than others, which typically aligns with the floor price. So you can buy and sell these avatars and, or these NFTs, which is where the blockchain kind of enters all of this. So this, this kind of decentralized ledger where things are being recorded, like a transaction is being recorded. So if I, if I sold you an avatar, that would be a transaction that would live on the blockchain and anybody and everybody can see that. So there's this much greater layer of transparency that comes into this space. And then you add the concept of ongoing royalties. So as an artist, if I produce an NFT or as a business, if I produce an NFT and my audience buys it, then the ongoing trade of those, those NFTs also earns me royalties. So it's almost like you could imagine um, a, a musician back in the day before streaming kind of fucked that industry completely. But when we used to actually buy a physical thing and there was royalties that went off the back of that ongoing trade, well, this is kind of like there's only a thousand CDs. And every time you, if you want to, if you want to own the, one of those 1000 CDs, you need to buy it from me. And I set a price, we agree on it. And then the, the maker of that CD kind of gets a royalty back on that. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, the, that's kind of the reason why it's blowing up is there's now all of these new ways for content creators like yourself to engage and offer value and produce different experiences and connect with their audiences in different ways. Um, you look at someone like Gary V, who's definitely not an art-based project. So his NFT collection is all about access and, uh, you know, the it's almost like joining the, the Gary V club. So if you own one of his NFTs, you get certain access to his VCon or you know, keynote speeches or events that are happening in the real world or events that might be happening online or you get business coaching or all of those sorts of different value ads that you can get. So this is a, just a different way of kind of doing that or offering that. Wow. So so when you talk about um, the, say that the, was it Fluff World or Fluff? Mm -hmm. Fluff World, Fluff, yeah. Fluff yeah. World. So, so, I mean, that kind of sounds like, like a video game that you're basically purchasing it's like a, a real world video game right so then mm -hmm. do you need do you, at the moment can you just go on it like you're on a computer and you're looking at a screen or on your phone and you can see all this as if it's like an age of empires kind of scenario that's what i'm thinking yeah it's that kind of thing yeah so but then can you also wear some vr glasses and really feel like you're in there yeah i haven't got to that point yet with my engagement so i don't own a vr headset i'm sure it's coming for me soon but um i haven't seen too much of it but definitely the the UIs are being built out for like a gaming experience on your phone, but you own the character in the game. You own the assets that you're engaging with in the game. And then in the future, in the not too distant future, you'll be able to do things like um, have a party in the metaverse and charge for it. So you could set up a nightclub. If you owned enough space to bring in enough avatars into a nightclub, you could charge mm -hmm. a, a real currency and say, come and party with me. I've got uh, Art Green doing a live cooking segment and I've got, you know, Timberland doing a DJ set at my in my metaverse space tickets are this much bring your avatar you know works with everybody and, and we could go to online avatar parties that i could throw so there's this whole new world of commerce that's opening up wow. add to that now another layer is because i own the ip to the nft that i own i can kind of do whatever i want with that in a commercial sense right so whilst i can't trade on the fluff world brand itself i could take my fluff which fluff world is promoting as an asset and create a brand around my fluff in this much the same way you've created a brand around you and Maddie's created a brand around her. I can create a brand around my avatar 
and build a business based on that, which is also going to get credibility off the back of the work that Fluffworld are doing to build their credibility in this space as well. Does that mm. make sense? So, yeah. so it's opening up different ways of opportunities for people to do their own thing. Like wow. I could create Fluffworld beer as my avatar and my avatar could launch a, a, a in real life beer company or, you know, Whole Foods shop or whatever, you know, whatever I want yeah. to do. But I can trade uh, using that IP, and that's something that hasn't even been just sort of explored yet. So it's very, very early in, in this whole thing. But because there's so much possibility, that's why it's fucking mental at the moment because everybody's wow. jumping on it so fast and trying to figure out, well, what can I do in this space? What can I be the first to do? Because first to markets in, you know, the first few platforms that launch like MySpace and, and all of those sorts of sites that launched back in the, the start of social media, they all got really big traction really quickly. Mm because everybody was kind of piling into them going, well, how do I do this? You know, what's going on in here? So yeah, there's a, that's what, what's happening is, is web three. That's what the whole web three conversation is. We've gone from web 2.0, that social media interaction to web three, where now we can own a piece of this stuff rather than just participate in it. We can become owners and there's this sense of ownership and trade and commerce. Wow. That's it's, uh... it be, everything will be affected, mate. Like everything mm. that's, that's, that's the thing that I'm learning probably the fastest is I can't really think of too many things that aren't going to be impacted by this. So in the way that every company now has a social media strategy, right? like every person almost has a social media strategy. Most people, I think, have a conscious idea of what they're putting out on their socials and, and how they engage with it and why. And certainly people who are earning or it's part of their kind of, you know, are thinking about that. So in the same way, everybody has a social media strategy and certainly every business does. We'll all have a metaverse and, and, and NFT strategy in the near future. Wow. And and, and yeah, so, so it's, it's very interesting. I think it's, it's pretty exciting. But then there's all the volatility of, of crypto, right? Because it's all built around cryptocurrency, which is volatile as shit. So it's up one minute and it's down the next. And so, you know, trying to navigate all of that and build something new and do all of these things, it's creating a pretty uh, chaotic place to, to exist, mate, you know? God, I bet. Because what's, so what's, what's currently happening with, um, with crypto and Bitcoin is currently it's like, it's down pretty low, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in what they call a bear market. So for whatever reason, market forces, you know, I have a theory and, and, and look, I'm not an expert on this stuff. I've only- Tell us really your theory. Bad. How are you going to make us our millions? Well, Come I think on, that the theory is that the, 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 the volatility of crypto is actually in, in, in the investor's favor, right? So in the same way as stock market, would you would buy on a low you know, and sell on a high, and that's the, the, the theory of trading in stocks. Well, crypto is much the same at the moment, but it's highly volatile. So the way people are making the most money is trying to predict when the top is and sell and then buy back again in the bottom. And if that happens a lot, really, really often, then there's opportunity to make money quickly. And I think that's what's driving a lot of the, the, the madness of it all right now. Whereas if you look at like Apple shares are pretty stable, right? Like IBM shares or whatever kind of company, some of them have, have moments like Tesla had a moment a couple of years ago where it launched and really took off. But most of the time they're fairly linear and predictable. But Bitcoin and crypto and all of this stuff is just, it's a shit show, man. No yeah. one can predict anything. Like you, you, you really roll in the dice. I just tell, I talk, I think about it as like a, the biggest casino in the world right now. You know, is is the crypto space. But there's so much being built around it that it can't fail. So eventually, it will flatten out and it'll find a, you know, a, a happy place. But yeah. right now, it's, uh, it's, it's all over the fucking shelf. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's how I figure as well. I feel as though there's so much. Uh, 
application for it and um, that there's no way around the benefits of it being um, adopted you know quite broadly so i feel like it will be you know yeah despite like i mean i'm just kind of like re-saying what you just said <laughs> but yeah despite its volatility i do think it'll it'll steady out and increase yeah, we're, we're going to build a metaverse. There's just too many interested parties. I mean, look at Facebook's call last year. They went, we're now meta. You know, we're mm. going, we're building the fucking metaverse. It's coming. Whether, you know, whether the market thinks it should or not, doesn't yeah. matter. It's technological advancement yeah. for the human species. It's bigger than just whether Bitcoin's up or down today, right? So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's interesting. And, and, and like, I, we're getting into kind of a, a really good part of the conversation, I think, now, because what I'm trying to wrap my head around is you've now got, like in real life influencers and people and, and brands trying to work with influencers, influencers looking to work with the right brands and, and, and effectively promote and sell product. And then in the metaverse, you've got communities coming together around sort of themes, ideas, business practices, whatever seems to be shaping that particular community. And influencers are emerging out of that space that that's happening quite quickly, but they're not, technically real people it's the avatar or the metaverse representation of that person that's becoming um, an influencer so there was another example in the fluff environment of a, 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 a character called angel baby who is the first metaverse star and she is a female um, gendered rabbit avatar so she and she's producing music that is her music for the for that community and the, and, and the broader metaverse community and so obviously there's a human being behind there making the music, but the human being is not the representation of that music. It's the avatar that's the representation of the music. So mm. it's a really weird... Whoa, then what happens when you can actually have machines making the music as well? And yeah. then you can have, you don't... So at the moment you need to have a human behind the avatar or...? Uh, oh, look, I'm sure there's people who are figuring out how to do it in Botland. I mean, there's this... Uh, there's this Twitter channel I've, I've been I've heard about. I haven't gone and visited it yet, but it's quite well known apparently. Where it's just robots talking to each other, and it, it yeah, and apparently it if you just dropped in there, I haven't seen. I got to figure out if anybody knows uh, where this is. Can they drop a, a link in the in the comments, please? I'd really love to go and have a look at it because apparently it's just this endless conversation between robots. That if you watch it, it actually kind of makes sense and. There's topics and it feels like it's real people, but it's just robots talking to robots. So, yeah, uh, you're, you're tapping into something really interesting, which is what is the role of AI in all of this? Because AI is now a, a player in the game, whether we want to admit it or not. There's the, the, stra the stranger in the room is artificial intelligence that's as smart as us or maybe even smarter than us already, right? Yeah. So how does that play into it? And do we end up you know, worshipping an AI, we probably will. My, my guess is that the AI will be smarter at figuring out how to tap the, the you know, bottom of the stem, brain stem and give us that dopamine hit better than we can figure it out for ourselves. So maybe, yeah, maybe in in five years or whatever it is, we'll be rocking out to a, an AI-driven avatar that's blowing our freaking minds, man. Uh, much more I reckon. than anybody else could ever think to blow our freaking minds, man. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think there's a lot of science to like why we like certain sounds and rhythms and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure that they'll be able to create really cool music that hits all the, the right receptors in our brains. And, you know, like that's, that's how TikTok works, right? And they're, uh, they're stimulating the, 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 the dopamine receptors in our, through our brain by this high rapid switching. Mm. So you're, you're a high, high point stimulate stimulus switching constantly 
Yeah. Um, there was an interesting discussion going on um, about this where we used to earn that pleasure, right? So we had to do something like you with your exercise, you always feel great after a workout because you've earned the right to feel great after that workout by putting the work in. Mm. And, uh, and, and I think one of the greatest challenges of civilization, even right now, look at us getting really fucking deep here is the fact that we don't have to work. We have to kind of retrain ourselves to the benefits of actually working for pleasure rather than just having pleasure at the flick of a switch. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a crazy... No, it, yeah, it, to uh, it totally is. I think you might even be talking about some of the stuff that um, Dr. Andrew Andrew Huberman talks about with that dopamine hip. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, when it's earned from from um, from exertion or um, from earning it, it like it lasts longer and it's more meaningful for our mm -hmm. for our brains. Um, and I totally get that. I feel like our I feel like our brains are becoming like oh, it's kind of like shallower and shallower in terms of like we just instantly want these really easy, quick dopamine hits and we just want more of them faster. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we just, uh, our attention spans are becoming shorter and shorter. We don't, we don't really worry about having to remember things because we're like, I know I can find the answer to this on my phone instantly. So it's like, and I think that sort of mindset I've noticed myself with when I'm like, I'll think of something and I'm like, oh cool, I need to Google that. And then I'll go on my phone and I'm like, I cannot remember what I was going to do. And that was like literally 10 seconds ago. Okay. Yeah. And it's, and it's because my brain is fucked. <laughs> it's, it's because it really is. No, honestly, yeah. I think I've deconditioned my brain mm -hmm. um, with this constant stimulus stimulus. Um, and it just now relies on a phone to be my memory for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of what's happening with me, which is not ideal. And I think that's probably happening with a lot of people. Yeah, I think um, right. yeah, our brains are getting melted. Uh, yeah, and we're becoming <laughs> addicted and attuned to the machine. And then, like, even I think about this. I don't know what your thoughts are, but you know, these these machines. And you know, when we talk about machines, the biggest one I can think of is Facebook, right? Maybe Google's probably the biggest one, but um, you know, all of them are fairly much, you know, much of a muchness in terms of once they reach that 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 sort of size, like you couldn't turn Facebook off. Like this is the, this is the catch 22 of it in my mind, right? Like, you know, they couldn't turn it off. Imagine mm. the, the, the global financial chaos that would happen every minute that Facebook was offline, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. Went down, you know, like, yeah, there, there's other search engines and things you could use, but how much commerce relies on Google serving mm. ads to people across so many different networks. Totally. I like and and there's probably a lot of a lot of industries um, that rely on Facebook for its communication network as well. Mm -hmm. And if that goes down, then they're like, well, that's how we let people know when there's a fire out in the back of the farms, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, like you know, that so goes down. How, how do we let people know? Built around it, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. It just create pandemonium mm. if it went down. So you can't switch this thing off. We kind of know that it's that it may or may not be heading in a direction that that could result in either extreme shit or extreme great. And we don't know which mm. one it's going to be until we get there, yeah. you know, but we can't switch it off. We're kind of all in on this, on this train and, and, mm. and riding it to its destination. So, yeah. And, and they've gone, turned around and said, we're metaverse now, you know, we're going to build the metaverse and this is going to be fun. You know? So, <laughs> and you're all in whether you like it or not. This yeah. Is you're all, it's happening to you guys. It's going to be yeah. fun. Trust us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You, yeah, it's like you, you should be fine. Your kids, your kids are fucked. Yeah, yeah. sorry. You're going to be <laughs> They're the ones that are fucked. Your kids come through. Yeah, so yeah. They, they've inherited all your debt and now their brains don't work and <laughs> they can't live in the real world. They've got to live in the metaverse. 
um, they yeah they're fucked. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's mental. And then you know while we're while we're on this rabbit hole, like the add COVID to it, right? So how would how did COVID affect you guys in your in your space and your ability to kind of because because it, it, it put a lot of stuff on pause, right? Especially in the content creation space. You know, TV shows weren't getting made. You know, mm. things got canned, right? So how did that how did that impact you? In relation to the rest of the conversation, that's like we're spiraling down this rabbit hole of, of, of tech kind of slowly taking over and potentially uh, controlling us. And then you've got other external shit like COVID. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it's all, it's all interrelated, right? So um, for us, it meant that TV shows, yeah, we, I managed to film a couple of TV shows in between lockdowns and stuff. Um, then I think one got cancelled last year due to COVID. And then there's other, like, I guess, potential TV stuff that may never, like, that could have happened but wouldn't have happened because there was probably a lot of, um, you know, a lot of businesses and sponsors of TV shows that probably didn't have the budget that they would have had normally to make, you know, to help make TV shows. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we also saw a downturn in the, um, the amount of businesses looking to use influencer marketing. Um, it wasn't huge but we definitely noticed it. The thing mm-hmm. is that I think during COVID times, there were a bunch of businesses that actually did really well out of it as well mm-hmm. um, that could still sell during COVID times. And a lot of them did even better during COVID times. And so so for us, we noticed a bit of an uptick in those sort of businesses, mm-hmm. um, which meant that for us, it wasn't too much of a change. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the, yeah. And then, the, I mean, the coolest thing for us was our kids were at this, they weren't, they're not at school yet. So we were forced to just hang out with the kids and be with them the whole time, which was great. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, do you need to hang out with your but, kids? No, I just had a dog <laughs> locked in the room but he's, um, that was, that was barking, but he's just, he's, <laughs> my wife, Maddie's just let him out. So yeah, cool. we are, we are safe. Um, oh, you say yeah. hi to Maddie for me. Um, I, yeah, I want to, I want to ask a question that's been on, on the tip of my tongue. Um, how does it work for you guys? Do you have brands reaching out to you? Are you reaching out to brands? Is it your agent that's kind of shopping you around going, you know, Art, Matilda, they're looking for work, you know, would you be interested? We can do to pitch something to them. Like, how does it work? I've always been interested. Uh, it's generally just brands coming to us. Um, so I'd say 50% of the time, brands will come directly to me through either Instagram or via email. Um, they probably get my email off my Instagram and they'll say, Hey, are you interested in this? Do you want to work with us? And then I'll say maybe no, or yep, sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I'll pass it on to my agent to then figure Did out the all the details. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No one likes talking about money. Um, unless you're a financial person, in which case you probably do. Um, <laughs> and then, but then probably like 50% of them um, go straight to the agent and then our agent will, the agent will be like, okay, well, we've got, you know, these influences on our books and these are a couple that we think would be great and I might be one of them. So then they pass mm-hmm. the opportunity on to me and see if I might be keen. So, yeah. And so, and it's great having the, the agent because they filter out a whole, they know what I'm into and what I like to, companies I like to work with. And so they won't, they won't suggest anything that they know I'm not, doesn't align with me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then you get a brief, I'm assuming, of some mm. kind uh, that, that says, you know, this is the kind of thing we're looking for. Uh, and then do you just deliver it and then send the, 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 the content back to, to your yep. agent? Or are you working directly with the brand? Like, 
so it's always through the agent with us um mm-hmm. some a lot of brands and stuff like to work uh direct but we just have a relationship with our agent that's it's really good and we really like working with them and going through them mm-hmm. and they really look after us um so the way it works is brand will come to the agent or come to us um and then it'll, it'll go to the agent and then the agent will figure out you know what the companies they might have a budget and so then the, our agent will say okay well for that budget our art will be able to deliver you these deliverables mm-hmm. and i have a certain rate card for certain deliverables for like a post for a story for a reel for whatever it is on instagram um for a, an appearance i guess um and then and i yeah so that sort of stuff and then uh the client will say great we want to get art to do two posts and a story um and we want them to talk about this and um this is what we're trying to achieve from that and that'll come through as a brief for me and i'll look at that brief and say cool this is great um i have uh this is off the back of that brief i come up with a concept so this is like what i'm planning on doing so i'm planning on for my post i'm going to be um you know cooking naked um some snails and <laughs> um and then eating them so uh then the, well, that'll smiling go in an ice bath yeah. you're the only person i've ever seen that smiles in a fucking ice bath i think that's one of your greatest photos man um i love it man i don't know i love it. control my i have any one face in an ice bath it's get me the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> it takes is that 30 seconds is that 30 seconds is that 30 seconds that's about all you hear <laughs> oh man no i love ice baths so, but it take, it's taken a bit of practice to get to that point mm. um i can sometimes meditate in an ice bath no which way is, which is crazy yeah i know i know not all the time um so then me my concept goes back to the agent and sends it on to the client client then says cool love it and then i'll basically get the green light create the content um then the content sends back to the client to get approved and then it gets back to me and then i can post it on a set date usually and um that'll be that and then it'll probably follow up with uh some insights as to how well it um performed mm-hmm. so yeah so from so oftentimes i'll get a you know i will have created content sometimes weeks before i'm even posting it which is sure. not ideal and it didn't yeah. used to be like that it used to be like i would you didn't need to get things approved and i really loved when companies would just trust you to do know what you're doing and they they wanted to work with you because of who you are yeah and because they know they know you well enough to know that you're going to you do the opportunity to do it in a much more authentic way right like some of that's the stuff the thing. that's the thing so, is so oh yeah this is us at the park man and check out our fucking ride you know back yeah. like it normally would be in everybody else's photos that are at the yeah. i really find oh, that stuff, you know, totally like it's, it's so i understand like the posts are fine like i i i'm i'm cool uh you know um getting posts approved because whatever but like having to approve stories really annoys me because generally when i do a story i just i like to do it on the fly and it's just far more natural and it's you know it's what i'm up to during that day whereas like otherwise i'll have to be like yeah, I'll be like, say, cooking, cooking some snails for a snail company, and I've got to create my snails for lunch, and then Besides send it off. And then the next, and then the next week, yeah, I know. Are there any snail <laughs> operators out there? Because if there are any <laughs> snail farmers, I'm in the market for some snails. That's <laughs> so one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, and so, um. It sounds pretty complicated. Like I would have, you know, 
I, I haven't had a lot to do with the influencer space recently, although we seem to be getting more involved in it um, because it's a big part of how we promote what we're doing in, in our project. But as if, if I remember it used to be really easy to go, Hey, do you want to, do you want to do something? You know, what's your rate? Yep. We agree on a price. Do you go and do what you, we agree you're going to do? And then you let me know when it's going to happen. And then I build something around that to hype it up a bit and get a bit of attention to it. And that's kind of it. Now it feels like there's a lot more kind of pieces to that puzzle now. Yeah. I guess so. You know, and I think it's probably just the way that the whole, that whole market is, is developing because at the, at the start it was very unregulated and no one really knew what was happening. And, um, and I guess now it's just like, it's become another form of advertising, right? And so advertising has a lot of parts that play into it. There's a lot of people involved and generally, you know, people might be trying to, uh, you know, justify their jobs more even, you know, like, I don't know, like agencies in There's between. There's people some... in the mix now, right? There's it's a yeah. bigger industry than it was when it was just sort yeah. of influencers and it was all on numbers, right? Like this guy's got 50,000, this guy's got 100,000, this guy's got 200,000, you know, you paid. Yeah. Paid like everybody knows that's bullshit now. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, huh. it's, it's just the way it is. It's the way it's evolved. And I don't know. That's what it is. What about this, uh, what I, I kind of think and scares me a little bit in this space is this race to the bottom. So there's these sort of search engines for influencers is how I kind of describe them, where you can go on a site and go, these are the things that my brand is about. These are the, you know, you sort of plug in a few filters and it filters up here. So a whole heap of influencers that meet your metrics, you know, hire them now. Mm. And, uh, and, and so I, I think this is a race to the bottom. And I think the way you've got it worked out would be um, a much smarter and more sustainable model long-term by putting an agent in place. It, it kind of acts as a filter between you and the brand so that there's no, um, like there's an understanding and an appreciation and a value proposition between the two parties involved. Whereas if I found you on a screen and went and clicked your uh, Instagram page, when I, oh, he's got a hundred thousand or whatever it is, what are you up to now? 150,000 or something like that. And you've got a bunch of followers in there and here's some engagement metrics. Maybe it filters out for me or whatever it is. And I just select you that like, that's just so un like impersonal and it, that just feels so I just, it's like yeah, I radio noise on social. Yeah, and I just don't think it'll get the results for the for those brands and companies um, that they're after. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think that it's that's you know like kind of a, a shotgun approach, and I don't think you'd get meaningful um, interaction. Um, I don't because I, I kind of think that when clients when when companies and brands are looking for an influencer, they should be looking for someone who they think is an ambassador who like fits their company so well that they're happy for them to be an ambassador for their company because that's essentially what it should be. Even if it's like a one-off post, whatever it is, um, depending on who the influencer, influencer is, like if it's an influencer like myself who is, you know, my social media is is me and it's basically my life, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like if I'm going to promote something, then it's going to be promoting, uh, it's a part of me when I whenever I, whenever I post something. Mm -hmm. um, so... So a brand really needs to see these relationships with influencers as as if like they're not just a, a billboard. It's not just they're putting out a poster to a hundred thousand followers. It's like, no, this person embodies your brand, embodies your values, and um and that's the way that I think they should be looked at or that they should be looking for influencers. You know, I think an influencer who aligns with a company and with their products and with their ethos that might have say twenty thousand followers. It's far more valuable than someone with 120,000 followers that just that is way off 
Um, and uh, and that and that's not just because of you know they are going to create better content and it's going to be more in line with you know their stuff, but it's also like the amount of followers from that twenty thousand followers probably like I say fifty percent of those followers might be so ten thousand followers might be people that would then be aligned with that brand whereas mm -hmm. the hundred and twenty thousand followers might be a, a fraction might be just five thousand followers that actually align with that company and that brand so it really does pay to find influencers that are really well suited to your brand and company yeah i think you're right i um what i love about the way you and how or how you and maddie do it and i think one of the reasons why you're so successful is because it feels so natural like you, you guys don't look like you're you know, smiling for the cameras and showing up a, a brand and, you know, it's, it's not a, a kind of scripted, you know, stereo storyboarded advert for a company. It's just part of, this is how this product would fit into our life. This is how we think it would work. This is the representation of who we are. And it feels so much more authentic. And I think a lot of influencers miss that, miss that mark. And, uh, and, you see them have these, there's, there's a very obvious, hey, this one's an ad. And then the rest of the content's very different. Oh, look, there's another ad, you know, and there's, you know what I mean? Like they, they sort of go, okay, I've now got to do a post for this brand. How am I going to, you know, how do I create the, what's the Trevor, you know, TVC uh, TikTok video or whatever it is for this particular brand, rather than just the way you guys do it, which I think is an, a, an immense skill in itself is figuring out that out, finding that balance of how this just kind of settles in and fits in with, with who you are and what you're doing. And it doesn't feel like advertising at all. Mm. Um, I really love following the story you guys did. Was it Sharesies? Did I get that wrong? Did you guys do like a, a tax thing? There was a, there was a, um, was it? you were doing a, a like, was it a course in, in buying stocks? I'm sure it was hatch or, something anyway nah. but Are it was just like some other influences maybe i am Are you cheating on me <laughs> i would never Maddie <laughs> can't hear us can she She's <laughs> no uh, you're safe your secret's safe with all of my followers which is my mom and and uh and her best friends no um <laughs> oh hi guys but no there was this uh there was this series that, I, that that you guys did i can't remember what it was now but it was hmm. about you you were kind of discovering it It was like we need to learn more about this and we've gone oh, yeah. on this journey with this uh with this this brand to to discover more of it and you took us on that journey it wasn't just like hey guys check this out it was this is us exploring this product and i just i was really really i really enjoyed that and thought that's the way to do it properly is you know if i if, if i was going to tell you at the pub or at a barbecue or, or wherever we were hanging out about something that's the way that content feels like it needs to be in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I really like doing those sort of things of stories of like discovering a, and it's a bit of a journey because I mean, that's how we live our life. Right. And a lot of my garden stuff I post about my garden, which is, um, you know, just cause I like posting about my garden. Like people love teased. that. People love that sort of it's shit. Because it's, it's, it's a <laughs> cooking show coming. It's a how to cook and live off the land in the post metaverse world with art. Yeah. Yeah. How to survive well, the, the apocalypse. <laughs> people like seeing what people like seeing the process of things and then yeah, seeing the outcome. So and they like being brought along that journey. Mm. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um so uh what's on the near horizon for you? I all look our producers just literally as I've done the let's bring this to a close, she said you've got to bring this to a close. Look at that wavelength. Uh, what's, what's on the horizon for you, mate? What should we be looking forward to from, uh, from the world of art? Um, well, is there another TV show in the works? Are you I mean, maybe, 
Maybe. Um, there is, I mean, there's potentially a couple of TV shows that um, one that might happen, can't talk about. Um, another one that like I'm trying to develop, which I also can't talk about. Um, there's the cooking show on TikTok that's also going to be on the metaverse. You can you can buy the ingredients. The first. Gordon Ramsay, that's let's fucking do brilliant. It. Let's do it. it. Let's do it. I'm mate. I'm down for it. Let's let's do a metaverse cooking show. Yeah. Um. And what else, man? Ah, oh, just yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a couple of little TV things, other little businesses, businesses that I'm working on that I also can't really talk too much about. And oh, I'm bringing my podcast back, so I'm going to start recording my podcast again. I think um, nice. well, good podcast, which is all about mm-hmm. health and wellness, and um, and just ways to improve your life, really. Um, from some, you know, talking with the experts. So I'll probably start recording some episodes in the next month or so, and then nice. maybe release them in a few months. We'll see how we go. Sounds good. Yeah. Same. Apart from that, just looking after the kids yeah yeah cool man it's, uh i'm very envious i uh i see how much you you do get to enjoy time with your kids and i'm very jealous so that you know i wish i got to spend more time with mine but it is what it is thanks yeah. for for coming along mate today i really really loved catching up with you it's always fun and i uh, appreciate you giving us some time and uh and joining us on the podcast oh mate it was great to, great to catch up um yeah it was uh it was a, it was a pleasure great chat and then- and then as soon as this camera closes, we're going to start talking about the metaverse because we don't know we're not right. Thanks, everybody. See you, see you soon. Ciao. Ciao.